Lecture topic: The forerunners to Allah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wa kafa wa salat wa salam ala ibadhi aladin astafa. Amma baadu faaroo billahi min al-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillahi al-Rahman al-Rahim. فَمَن كَانَ يَرْجُو لِقَاءَ رَبِّهِ فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا وَلَا يُشْرِكْ بِعِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِ أَحَدًا وَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ اتَّقِ الْمَحَارِمَ تَكُنْ عَبْدَ النَّاسِ او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مؤسسات علماء الكرام برزنلز one aspect is some link of some sort at some level and the other is a very very close bond very close relationship so just some link at any level and a very close relationship and a very close bond is a world apart there are no way to be one and the same thing to understand it by some examples that a person one is somebody now is married and there is a very close relationship and bond between the spouses so now that bond and relationship that will manifest itself in so many different ways in day to day life in how a person speaks how he tolerates something how he overlooks and forgives some mistake maybe what some little gift he'll bring along and so many different ways this will manifest itself in all different aspects of day to day life why and it will be from both ends that there will be these gestures of mohabba mawadda kindness compassion forgiveness and expression of love and mohabbat all this will be as a result of that bond and relationship and then sometimes there is a situation allah taala save us that two people are married they are living under the same roof coexisting but each one is living his, his or her own life husband is living his own life the wife is living her own life they are just merely coexisting under the same roof either due to desperation or convenience because this is perhaps the more convenient way to just carry on now but that particular home will just be a house it will be far from being a home and as a result of this lack of bond and relationship this will affect everything in day to day life the smallest of mistakes from either party will become a very big issue the slightest irritation will become a big problem how the person speaks without any provocation let alone any provocation has taken place without any provocation of any sort he will still be speaking in an unpleasant manner now all this is due to what whereas they are married to each other they are spouses they are in this very sacred 
tie of nikah and bond of nikah, but that relationship and bond between the hearts is missing. So as a result, everything is gone haywire. And likewise, in every other situation and relationship, the same between parent and child, between siblings, between family members, between friends, when there is a very close bond, very close relationship, there's a very different way of how things are done, how somebody is received and welcomed, how somebody is accommodated, how somebody is overlooked if they make a mistake. All this is dictated by that bond and relationship. And this is in the fitrat of insan, it's part of his nature, that where such a bond exists, then he does a lot to try and maintain it. If he understands and values what's that bond all about, he values that relationship, he understands what this is all about, then he does a lot to maintain it, to enhance it. But if he has got no value for it, it doesn't matter to him. If this falls and breaks, it means nothing to him, because he's got no value for it. So a lot depends on what value he places on that bond, on that relationship. So a person now, if he places a lot of value on it, but something has disrupted it, now he's doing a lot to try and restore it. Because now there's a lot to be lost here if this falls apart. So now he goes out of his way, he's getting help from some third party. He's asking somebody to make dua. Sometimes he's going helter-skelter, look for tawis. Whereas often the tawis is just supposed to be in the mouth. One Muslim, somebody came to him. One person came and said that, there's this very ongoing problem in the house and there's no end to the arguments and fights and this is just a non-ending issue so now please give me one tawiz the Buzuk heard the story immediately understood where this whole problem is from so he said yes I've got a very effective tawiz so he said okay please give it to me so he wrote out something and then he said okay you take this tawiz and go but the, the issue here is this you put this into a bottle of water so he blew in the water and gave the water whatever it was See, the Tawiz is now, when you come in the presence of your spouse, then you take one mouthful of this water. But then it will only be effective if you hold it in your mouth for at least 15 minutes. So now, for example, if it's the wife now, so when you see the husband entering the house, you immediately take this mouthful and you keep it in your mouth for 15 minutes minimum. And likewise, other side now, if you just come into the presence of your wife and first you put this in your mouth, 15 minutes, don't hold it in your mouth, don't swallow it. So now to keep something liquid in the mouth, you're going to have to keep the mouth closed. You can't be speaking and keeping it in the mouth at the same time. It's either going to be spat out or swallowed. So now forcefully the person has to keep his mouth closed. So now after some time this person came and said, Jazakallah, what a wonderful tawiz you gave. All the problems are gone. He said, please very well, carry on with it. The whole problem was in your tongue. The problem was nothing else but how you were speaking or how the other party was speaking or just on the first sight of meeting each other you just want to blurt out all kinds of things and the first issue that comes up you want to start venting your anger and saying so many things but when you learn to keep your mouth closed you are forced to keep it closed so automatically all the problems of three quarters of it went away. So in any case the point is that when a person understands the value of these relationships and bonds and if something has happened, something has come around, something has disrupted it, now he does whatever he can to try and restore it, to try and bring it back to some better level. All these things are day-to-day -day things which we understand very, very well.
Everybody who has any kind of understanding of what some relationship is all about understands these things. Now beyond all this is the relationship with our Creator. The relationship with Allah Ta'ala. Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala is our Khaliq, He is our Malik. So when Allah Ta'ala is our Creator, He is our Sustainer, He is our Nourisher, He has blessed us with everything, every fraction of a second. We are totally dependent on the grace of Allah Ta'ala for our existence. Every breath we take is purely His gift and bounty. Every gaze that falls anywhere and we look with our sight, it's Allah Ta'ala's na'mas. Every sound we hear is purely His gift and bounty. Every step we take is only by His mercy. Every movement of the hand, every kick of the heart, and every single aspect that we benefit from, and the countless na'mas and bounties of Allah Ta'ala, all this is purely the grace and mercy and the na'mas of Allah Ta'ala. When this is the case and this is the reality, and the reality is far more than what we can even understand, then what should be the level of bond and relationship with our Creator and Master? What should be the level of relationship and bond that we should have with Allah Ta'ala? Now this is in the Quran Sharif, in many ayat, Allah Ta'ala speaks about the Muqarraboon. وَالسَّابِقُونَ السَّابِقُونَ أُولَٰئِكَ الْمُقَرَّبُونَ كَلَّا إِنَّ الْأَبْرَارَ لَفِي عِلِّيِّينَ وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا عِلِّيُّونَ كِتَابٌ مَرْقُومٌ يَشْهَدُهُ الْمُقَرَّبُونَ In many ayat Allah Ta'ala speaks about the مُقَرَّبُون Those who are the very close servants of Allah Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala extols their praises Allah Ta'ala highlights these people these are the foreigners. These are those who are the close servants of Allah Ta'ala. So what we understand and learn from these ayat, that a mu'min, his iman and the bond that should be there due to his iman, it doesn't allow him to be just content. Well, everything is just carrying on. And if something gets disrupted to him, what, what does it matter? And I'm doing something. I'm doing something. So what does it matter? When there is a true feeling, the true feeling of Iman in the heart, what kind of Iman is this going to be? That that Iman is not moving the person to try and get closer. He's just content where he is. If somebody is performing his five times Salah and that's it, well that's where he is and he's happy with that. Well at least Alhamdulillah is performing his five times Salah. Sometimes the person is performing four times Salah and is also discontent. And he's feeling, well I'm making four times Salah. Whereas one farz is being missed. And then sometimes a person is, mashallah, abstaining from certain major sins. So he's content with that, regardless of the fact that he's still engaged in some other sins. And that doesn't matter to him, because I'm not drinking, I'm not gambling, I'm not engaging in zina, I'm not doing certain other major crimes, I'm not committing theft. So it doesn't matter if I'm doing some of these other sins. So now this is far away from the dictates of that Iman which wants to become among the Muqarrabeen, among those who get very close to Allah Ta'ala. If a person suddenly gets something on his phone tonight when he goes home and now there's some, around the corner, some half price sale in some store that is giving some things away, half price, not for free, but you're going to pay half price. 
Now that half price sale might make him maybe save if he goes and gets those items without offer, he manages to get it, he might save a few thousand rands. But now for that few thousand rands that he may save, how many times you've heard about this, that there was some massive sale somewhere, so people, they waited overnight for the store to open the next day, so that they could be in the beginning of the queue, in the first, among the first people entering, so that they don't lose out on the opportunity. Opportunity of what? Of saving a few thousand rands. Why that moved the person from out of his bed, warm bed, out into the cold night to go and camp outside one store in his car and then to be stayed first in the queue and to be wanting to dash in first and spend the whole night in that manner. Something moved him. There was something inside. There was some zeal for something. There was some attachment somewhere. That attachment to that saving, to that money, to that wealth, that attachment to dunya, that want for things, that this is now a very exclusive item, only ten available, so he wants to be first in the line, because only ten, exclusive item. So now there's that, there is not a need, it's just a want, but the wants become needs. I must have it, must have it, why? Because I need it. Why you need it? Not because I want it. Because the same chakar. So, this attachment drove the person. That attachment drove him. And now he wanted to be right in the fore, he wanted to be in the forefront of it. As a forerunner to it. Allah Ta'ala also speaks about the forerunners. وَالسَّابِقُونَ السَّابِقُونَ أُولَٰئِكَ الْمُقَرَّبُونَ That they are the forerunners in deen. The forerunners in getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. The forerunners in trying to do that which will bring them the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. So now this is the zeal of a mu'min. He's not just content to be where he is. And he's never content with trying to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to perform such lengthy rakats of salah that his Mubarak feet would swell. Now this does not happen if a person is standing motionless. Nabi Sallallahu would be standing obviously motionless. It won't happen in 10 minutes or 20 minutes or half an hour also. It would mean motionless for a long period, perhaps an hour, two hours. As a result, this would become the case now that his Mubarak feet would start to swell. So Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu says that, asked him that, أَتَتَكَلَّفُ هَذَا وَقَدْ غَفَرَ اللَّهُ لَكَ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ رَمْبِكَ وَمَا تَأَخَرَ Are you undertaking so much of difficulty upon yourself in performing such lengthy rakats and exerting yourself in this manner in ibadat whereas you are totally masoom and sinless there is no sin upon you so why do you need to exert yourself so much so what was Nabi Kareem Sallallahu response فَلَا أَكُونُ عَبْدًا شَكُورًا should I not become a grateful servant of my Rabb why? this is the expression of my shukr if that's the na'mat of my Rabb that Allah Ta'ala has made me sinless then this is the expression of my shukr because this will take me even closer to Allah. So that zeal for taqarrub ilallah, the zeal to get closer to Allah. And Allah has, out of His grace, made everything such that if we just approach it in the right manner, with the right intention, in the right manner and way, that every mundane aspect also can become a means of taqarrub ilallah. A person's eating and drinking can become a means of taqarrub in Allah. 
he eats with the name of Allah Ta'ala, he eats in the sunnah manner. After having completed his meal, he recites the sunnah du'as. One hadith is mentioned, Nabi Kareem Sallallahu said, the person has eaten and thereafter recites, Alhamdulillah alladhi at'amani hadha wa razaqanihi min ghayri hawli minni wa la quwa. All praise due to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala, who fed me this, at'amani hadha. And he blessed me with this risk without any strength and ability of my own. Nothing is my ability, nothing is my strength, nothing is my expertise. I applied my mind and I engaged my effort and I did this and I did that. Nothing, zero. Otherwise, how many a person has got more intelligence than us, applied more effort than us, and did everything more than us, and still came nowhere, he got nothing. Allah is the provider alone. That intelligence also is Allah Ta'ala's na'mat. And that strength also is from Allah Ta'ala. And that everything is from Allah Ta'ala. So now he is expressing this reality. He's saying, Ya Allah, all this is purely from you. There's nothing from my side. What is the end result of this? Every Sassu says, all his minor sins are forgiven. What he was engaged in, he was engaged in eating. He was engaged in fulfilling his needs. And maybe he was just engaged in fulfilling more than his need to. He finished eating, he wasn't so hungry, but now there was something very uh, delicious somebody presented, so mashallah, he sat down again. Like sometimes we say that when it comes to such certain things, we are very ever ready. So mashallah, when it comes to eating also, we say, now how can you ever you know, break somebody's heart, and how can you make somebody disappointed? Somebody has offered something, even if it's offered ten times now, we have to be, accept so, mashallah, we ever ready for that. But now he ate something that wasn't even something out of desperation, not out of severe hunger. It was just a luxury. But he ate it in the way that fulfilled the sunnah of Rasulullah and then recited this dua at the end, expressing Allah Ta'ala's hamd, Allah Ta'ala's praises, expressing his own feebleness, his inability, his lack of any, that he can do anything. Allah Ta'ala loves this so much. That act became such an act of taqarrub ilallah. Allah Ta'ala forgives all his minor sins. Now this is only eating. Can we imagine the rest of the amal? This is still only his eating. Allah Ta'ala allowed and gave him this opportunity to make that also a means of taqarrub ilallah. Getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. But it requires this person to be Thinking in that manner, what's going to bring me closer to Allah Ta'ala? There must be that drive from within. If that drive is not there, a person now, he has the opportunity of, somebody shouted now, one bow of gold to everybody who comes now. There's enough for everyone, whoever wants one bow of gold. Somebody is sitting quietly, not even moving. So somebody will say either he didn't hear, or either he doesn't know what's gold. Or either probably just check his pulse, maybe not even around. Something is not right. We told one bar of gold, and this person was moving. Something is not in order. So now if a person heard it, and he understood it also, so obviously if he heard it, he's living, and he understood it, and still he didn't move, then everybody is going to be wanting to know something is not right with this person. What's not right with him? Anybody who's got any understanding of gold will want to know what happened. So now when the person for that gold of dunya, he'll move, let alone one bow, gold far lesser than that also. He will even rush for that one chocolate at the door. Because it's something exclusive. 
So in any case, the point is that these things move us because there's some, some understanding of the value of it, some level of understanding of what it will give us. That level of understanding for what Iman is dictating and requiring, that ma'rifat of Allah wa ta'ala, that has to be developed. When that comes alive, then that will move a person in a different way. So now this is the zeal of a mu'min, this is his purpose in life. How to get more and more closer to Allah Ta'ala. Now the question is, that what is going to bring a person closer to Allah Ta'ala? What is going to bring him closer to Allah Ta'ala? The most important aspect in the life of a person is the ta'at and the obedience to Allah Ta'ala. This is what's going to bring him closer to every step in the right direction. Like in the Hadith Sharif, Hadith Qudsi, where Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala says that وَإِن تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ شِبْرًا تَقَرَّبْتُ إِلَيْهِ زِرَاعًا وَإِن تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ زِرَاعًا تَقَرَّبْتُ مِنْهُ بَاعًا وَإِن أَتَانِي يَمْشِي أَتَيْتُهُ حَرْوَلَةً That if my servant, if he gets closer to me, تَقَرَّبَ إِلَيَّ Shibran, one hand span, and I come on arm span. Allah Ta'ala is free of the things that we can imagine in terms of space and shape and size and whatever. Allah Ta'ala is totally free of all such things. This means that Allah Ta'ala's help, Allah Ta'ala's special grace, Allah Ta'ala's muhabba comes towards him, rushing faster than he can go towards it. وَمَنْ أَتَانِ يَمْشِي أَتَيْتُهُ هَرْوَلَةً He comes one hand span, I come one arm span. He comes on arm span, I come on hand and, and he comes walking, I come running. Subhanallah. In other words, more quicker than he goes closer to Allah Ta'ala, Allah's Rahmat comes towards him. Taqarraba ilayya bishayin. When a person gets closer to Allah Ta'ala, closer with what? Every single word of good, every single action of good, every single gaze of good, every hearing of good, Every thought of good and engaging the mind in a correct manner, in a positive way, thinking and making tafakkur and pondering over the creation of Allah Taala, with the view of gaining the marifat of Allah Taala. Just that pondering, thinking of how to try and help somebody in their need, thinking of how to try and remove somebody's difficulty, thinking of what I can do to try and get closer to Allah Taala. Every thought, every word, every action in that positive way becomes a means of taqarrub in Allah. And the greater the thought, the greater the action, the greater the amal, the greater the effect of the good words he said, the greater the taqarrub will be. And the closeness of Allah will come. So this is all, it's the very essence of a mu'min's life. That is forever, this is his zeal, this drives him. Like a person now, is a businessman through and through. So now he's driven by the zeal for maximizing profits. And he's all the time looking around, what's, what I can add to the range? No matter, whatever amount is already happening, but there's still always space for more. And well, where next the next branch can open? And what now we can, you know, saturated the local market now. How can we start exporting something also? So now there's always something more. There's never a point of saturation in reality. A mu'min, there's never saturation for his amal, for his deen, for the means of gaining closeness to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. Because Allah ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu attaqullah wa buttahu ilayhi al-wasila. 
That is the most important aspect in a Muslim's life. The obedience of Allah Ta'ala, refraining from what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. And search for the means of closeness to Him. Search for the means of closeness to Him. And strive in His path. Not only search for the means of closeness and sit down. And then strive in that way. Strive to get closer to Allah. So when this reality comes in the heart, a person has that yaqeen about what Allah has said, what Nabi Sallallahu has said, that yaqeen will drive him. Can we imagine a person, somebody says to him that there's a scorpion on your shoulder. So now he's telling because he can't see what's on his shoulder. So he's warning him, there's a scorpion on your shoulder. So he smiles at him and says, Jazakallah, I'm very grateful. And uh, now he's thinking now, this person did me such a good favor. What I can do in return? So he's standing calmly and he's pondering now. So anybody who sees and observes all this and sees his smile, nicely smiling and saying, Jazakallah, mashallah, he's saying Jazakallah also. But they still think something's not right with this person. The first reaction should have been to get this off his shoulder. He would have been springing into action to get this off his shoulder first. He'll thank him also, he'll be very grateful for you, for the advice that he gave him, for alerting him. But now, if he is not jumping in that manner, he's not springing into action, again somebody will say this person doesn't know what a scorpion is. Or he didn't understand what this person said. Something else is wrong. If he knew what a scorpion, he understood what the person said, that will be his immediate reaction. So likewise, that came out of what? There was marifat. Marifat, recognition of what a scorpion is. That marifat, that made harkat. That, it drove him into harkat. Movement. And that movement made him spring into action and get rid of that. So likewise, the marifat of Allah wa ta'ala, the marifat of the ahkam of Allah ta'ala, and the greatness of the commands of Allah ta'ala. What Allah has commanded to be done and what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden us from. Now those prohibitions are scorpions and worse than that. Now we have been warned in the Quran Sharif, in the Ahadith of Rasulullah about so many snakes and scorpions in the form of sins and vices. And we are reminded in, in time to time in the nasihat that is given to us, in the bayan that take place, whatever else. But something is missing still. It's not making a spring into action. The evil of the sins of the eyes, how detrimental this is, how it totally deadens the heart, it completely drains every drop of noor from the heart. It makes the heart completely engulfed in darkness because of the evil that is going through the eyes, that haram and filth that the person is watching. Now this is repeatedly mentioned and we hear about it. We heard about it so much that we know about it. We can repeat it. But something still doesn't move us. Something is missing still. That yaqeen is missing. That ma'rifat is missing. That drive something has not come into place yet. So now this is what needs to be developed. This yaqeen, this ma'rifat. This will bring about that zeal for taqarrub Allah. So one is the taat of Allah Ta'ala in terms of the do's. All the obligations of Allah Ta'ala. And likewise the don'ts, refraining from what Allah is forbidden. Every gaze that the person lowered out of the fear of Allah Ta'ala, 
Now that was outwardly a very very minimal action outwardly. But inside within his heart that was a major mujahada for him. That became a means of such great taqarrub ila Allah. That in the hadith of Qudsi Allah Ta'ala says that an-nazru sahmum min sihami iblisa masmum that this haram glance is a poisonous arrow of shaitan and man tarakaha makhafati now that feeling of iman was there that feeling was not just a feeling that feeling it was it made harkat it moved him it moved him towards action so that action was that he lowered his gaze he didn't look at the haram Allah Ta'ala says man tarakaha makhafati abdaltu biha imanan such taqarrub and such closeness he achieves with this Allah Ta'ala says I bless him with such iman in return the sweetness of which he will taste in his heart the sweetness of iman will be something that he will experience within himself now that one glance haram glance that he saved himself from became the means of such taqarrub ila Allah so now all oh, there's so many avenues of taqarrub ila Allah Right at the top of the list are the faraiz and whatever comes alongside it thereafter in blank, the wajib and then the sunnah al-muqadda but then a person who has the zeal of taqarrub Allah, he doesn't content himself that I did this much so now nafil means mustn't do it that's our, our understanding of nafil our understanding of nafil is that it's not to be done whereas nafil means must do as much as you can that is a fiqhi classification and that is a fiqhi aspect that if a person has not fulfilled a nafil act then he will not be taken to task for it that is in order to understand what is the fiqhi placement of it but in terms of amal so in terms of amal in this hadith sharif Allah Ta'ala says وَمَا زَالَ عَبْدِي يَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَيَّ بِالنَّوَافِلِ حَتَّى أَحْبَبْتُهُ that the person on the foundation of the faraiz and those things that are then in rank with it the wajib and sunnah and he thereafter continues now he's fulfilled that the foundation is in place he's staying away from haram he continues to get closer and closer and closer to me by means of what? bin nawafil with the nawafil, nafil salah tilawat is nafil, his tilawat is there his tasbihat and zikr is engaging in and various amal, so many things that are available for us to be doing so now he continues exerting himself as much as he can in these nawafil as well Allah Ta'ala says he gets so close to me hatta ahbabtuhu to the point that I then love him he becomes my beloved and faiza ahbabtuhu kuntu sam'ahu alladhi yasma'u bihi wa basarahu alladhi yubsiru bihi wa yadahu alladhi yabtishu biha he comes so close to me that he sees with my eyes he hears with my ears meaning he only sees what I am happy with he only listens to that which I am pleased with his hands only move towards that which I am okay with he doesn't take one step in a direction that I am not happy with and as a result of this he gets so close if he then asks me the person who has come to this closeness, when he asks, I certainly give it to him. And if he seeks protection, I will certainly protect him. When? When he's reached that closeness, now he asks and he receives. But what took him there? 
on the foundation of the faraiz and wajibat etc the nawafil so now this is the zeal of a mu'min there is many many more details in this but just to round off on this that now we are almost on the doorstep one week's time we'll be in the very mubarak days of the first 10 days of zul hijjah this is a very very auspicious time and for a person who has the zeal the zeal of taqarrub ila allah he like a person wants to get close to some friend he wants to get close to some other person to some contact is trying to enhance that halal mahabba between spouses between parents and children all this is in his place mashallah but the person who has that kind of zeal for relationships among makhluq he will have a greater zeal if that iman is there to build his bond with allah taala and enhance that bond and relationship with allah taala so he will be waiting in all eagerness for such occasions where everything now will be multiplied the rewards multiplied the speed of taqarrub multiplied so now this is a like the month of ramadan a person who has that value of it he waits in anticipation two months before ramadan nabi akram sa usme making dua for it that's that anticipation for that taqarrub ila allah so likewise these same days of zul hijjah in one hadith nabi akram sa usme says person does not do any action at other times that can equate the action performed in the first 10 days of zul hijjah any amal performed in the first 10 days of zul hijjah is far greater in reward and rank than all the actions in other times the sahaba ikram some thought crossed their mind because they understood that the highest amal in terms of reward in terms of getting closer to allah taala was jihad fi sabilillah now here something is being told to them that any action in these 10 days is far greater in reward than actions done other times so they asked wal jihad fi sabilillah not even jihad in other times can equate any amal any amal even that one subhanallah in these 10 days the beast asked him not even jihad fi sabilillah except that person goes with his life and all his wealth and never returns all his wealth is spent in the path of allah taala and his life is laid down also in other times that will equate this reward now subhanallah such a reward time which has such great reward in it the fast of each of these first 9 days the 10 days the 10th of day of eid so that is not a day that is permissible to fast but the first 9 days each fast is equivalent to the reward of fasting for one year and each night ibadat so each night ibadat is equivalent to the ibadat of laylatul qadr and these are all authentic ahadith it is on the basis of these authentic ahadith that this became a discussion among the muhaddithin that really which is more greater in virtue and rank the last 10 nights of ramadan or the first 10 nights of zul hijjah this became a discussion that this also has got such merit such reward that some became convinced that the greater merit and rank and virtue is of the first 10 days of zul hijjah but then other muhaddisin they said no this is something there's some detail in it in terms of the nights the last 10 nights of ramadan have a greater virtue and in terms of the days the first 10 days of zul hijjah have a greater virtue now the point is that such a great occasion such a great time with so much of virtue then the ninth of zul hijjah the day of arafa fast of that day becomes a compensation of the sins of the past year 
and the forthcoming year, the minor sins, and then the Amal of Qurbani, all these great acts. So now the person who has the zeal of taqarrub ilallah, he will be counting the seconds towards this Mubarak time. That when does this time dawn, that I can then do the best I can. Whatever is possible within my capacity, how I can try to do much more than the normal, because it is season time. Like it is now the December period for a businessman, and he says now it's season time. Now must forget all the other engagements and this and that and the other. Now is the time to make the best. So when a person has that zeal for deen, he says this is now season time. Now I must do the best I can. So now we need to already condition our minds, give this tarheeb to our families, conscientize one another, make ourselves ready for this. And exert ourselves to some extent, whatever we can, but something more because we need to get closer to Allah Ta'ala. That is what's going to become the means of our protection. That is what's going to bring down the barakat and blessings. That is what's going to avert all the problems and calamities. And that is let alone dunya, more serious than dunya by a billion times and more, is the matter of the qabr, is the matter of akhirat. It is only this taqarrub ilallah that is going to be of avail to us in the qabr. It is only this closeness to Allah Ta'ala that's going to be of avail to us on the day of Qiyamah. And that will with the fadl of Allah Ta'ala take us directly to Jannah. So Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we develop the zeal, we keep thinking in this direction, how and what I can do, and every day, what action, how I can adjust my talking, for example, how can I adjust my thinking, how can I adjust my day-to-day reactions, whether at home, in the workplace, wherever, in such a way that all this becomes taqarrub Allah, for the blessings of Allah wa ta'ala to descend upon me, descend upon my home, descend upon one and all, this is the means of gaining this closeness. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Make zikr for a few minutes in the Allah <laughs> Nine, I 
دل ہو درد دل ہو درد دل نفس و شیطان دونوں نے مل کر ہائی کیا ہے مجھ کو تباہ اے میرے مولا میری مدد کر چاہتا ہوں میں تیری پناہ مجھ سا خلق میں کوئی نہیں گو بد کردار ناماسیا تو بھی مگر غفار ہے یا رب بخش دے میرے سارے گناہ اب تو رہے بستا دم آخر ارد زبائیں میرے الہ لا الہ الا اللہ محمد رسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی وسلم اللہ 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 اللہ
cleanse our hearts out of all the evils and vices, Ya Allah. Allah, cleanse our hearts out of pride, of arrogance, of malice, of jealousy, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. Allah, protect our eyes from all the haram, Ya Allah. Cleanse and purify our eyes from all the evil and vices, Ya Allah. Allah, purify our ears and hands and feet, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Save us from all the vices and evil, Ya Allah. Save us from the temptations of Naqsh and Shaitan, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. Keep us steadfast on Sirat al-Mustaqeem, Ya Allah. Allah, keep us, Ya Allah, on Iman and Islam, Ya Allah. Allah, take us from perfect Iman, Ya Allah. Raise us on the day of Qiyamah to perfect Iman, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah, all those are sick of them, Shifai Kamila, Ajila, Mustamirra, Daima, Ya Allah, remove every trace of their ailments, Ya Allah. Allah, those in any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove it with Afiyat, Ya Allah. Allah, those in financial problems, remove it with Afiyat, Ya Allah. Rad barkat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Rad abundant halal and tayyib risk filled with barkat, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah, save us from all the deviation, Ya Allah. Save us from all the isms, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, show us the truth as truth, Ya Allah. Enable us to follow it, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to see the falsehood as falsehood, Ya Allah. Save us from it, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah, all those... Ya Allah, who asked us to make dua for them, all who have raised their hands to this dua, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we fulfill each one's dire needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, Ya Allah, our greatest need, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, is to become yours, Ya Allah. Our greatest need is you become a host, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us yours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you become a host, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, you guide us, Ya Allah. You protect us, Ya Allah. Allah, we are totally dependent on you, Ya Allah. We are completely in need of you, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, don't leave us to ourselves for the blink of an eye, Ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, you guide us and protect us, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. ونعوذ بك من شر مستعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله